in today's show. It's time to look back on Monday's action. There were eight games on. There were big performances. There were surprising performances. We're going to look at that. We'll look at waiver wire ads and drops. We're going to look at Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at basketballmonster.com. And you can find me on Twitter as always at redrock underscore beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash LockedOnNBA. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and we are available on all platforms. There were eight games on. There were big performances. I don't want the show to run too, too long. So I'm going to get straight into it. So in fact, Warney. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Updates from since I've done the What to Watch For show earlier on today. Paul George and Marcus Morris have been ruled out for the Clippers. Shea Gildas-Alexander and Josh Giddy have been ruled out for the Thunder. So that really means the value of Trey Mann spikes. With Paul George out, you're looking at Norman Powell getting a boost. We're looking at Bob Covington getting a boost. We're looking at Nick Batum getting a boost. We're looking at probably John Wall getting a boost. A lot of those fringy guys on a four four games slate on Tuesday are going to have some real streamability. Um, you know, it's not going to affect Kawhi too much. He's still going to do his thing and play his 23 minutes or so coming off the bench, apparently for now, which is annoying. But you're going to get guys like Powell, who's going to have to take on much larger load of the offense, even Reggie Jackson to a smaller degree. But those things have happened since then. And news from Steven Silas is that Bruno Fernando is going to be out a while with his knee injury. So we can go ahead and uh, jack him off. We'll talk more about the Rockets and their rotation later on in the show. So we'll get to that really soon. So don't don't worry, we'll get there. Let's talk about the most added and dropped players off the waiver wire. Most added player was Terrence Ross. 58% increase. That, it, fair enough. He had a really big game. But as so often happens with these shooting guards, three-point point specialists, they're hot and cold. We saw it with another guy on this list who's down the bottom, Max Struess. Like, they have a big game, they have a bad game. And... The thing we look at with those guys is role and minutes, and we're going to have to take it in our stride that they're going to be poor games there. Now, Ross is not a guy that I like long-term at all, but for the short term, the opportunity was in. It was there again today. He just didn't do anything with it. Precious Achua went up 44%. With Scotty Barnes out, he was a great ad. I was a little bit nervous when they started Christian Coloco, but he was solid. Until Barnes comes back, he's got 12-team appeal. Derek White up 32%. Yep, all right, we'll talk about that one as well. Pretty sure we can. you can hold him. But yeah, and Contavious Kowal-Pope up 30%. Just another one of those shooting guards. That's what we do with the end of our roster. We just churn through shooting guards. That's pretty much how things happen. Grant Williams was up 28% as well. People, again, a lot of these ones, Ross, um, White, KCP, Williams, Richards, they're chasing the last performance. Struess, it's not always going to be like that. And we knew that Grant Williams wasn't going to be 100% shooter. And he got ejected in today's game. Nick Richards up 28%. Big Dick Nick. I do like that as an, an ad. Look, he might play 18 minutes and have six and seven next game, but he's playing well. We just need Steve Clifford to give him the push and push him ahead of Plumley. Didn't happen last game, even though he was great, and that's where my concern lied lied with Richard lied with Richards, is that he had a perfect 20 and 10 game and still played six fewer minutes than Mason Plumley. 
So that maybe gives you an indication of how Plum, uh, how Clifford sees them. And then Kelly Olenek went up 14%. I can't believe he was available in that many leagues to actually rise that far. Out of every one of these players, the most must-roster player is Kelly Olenek. Pretty clearly out of that group to me. It might not be the case in two months, but we'll address that in two months. He is absolutely the most rostered or the, the most must-roster player out of that group. In terms of the must, most dropped players, they learn to speak. Um, Pokashevsky down 22%. Yeah, see you later. Harrison, the pencil. Oh, here we go. The pencil, Harrison Barnes. Barty. Yeah, get rid of him. Like, there's no reason to hold on to Barnes. You can add him later on if things improve, but his upside is so low that you don't care. Like, just move on. Terrence Davis down 16%. I don't know why he was rostered in that many leagues to begin with. Bob Covington down 16%. Okay. Probably going to be worth a stream for Tuesday with the absence of George and Morris, but on the totality of his production, of course, you drop him. The Rabbit Hunter, Alex Caruso. Be very quiet. I'm hunting rabbits. There's just no way for him to be a consistent 12-team league producer with the way the roster currently is. So yes, he's a drop. The wave pool, Anthony Melton, had a pretty good game today. Still didn't hit 20 minutes. Easy drop. He will, he can be better, but to get enough minutes to be consistently good enough to be a 12-team league guy, I don't see how it happens. Again, with everything that I suggest, ads or drops or... In my impressions of players or whatever, look, have your own thoughts. I highly encourage that. Um, and I'm going to be wrong on on chunks of them, right? Hopefully, I'm going to be right on more than I'm wrong. But I try to look at things objectively. Like, where does Melton play 25 minutes? He just doesn't. Like, I just don't see how that happens. So, therefore, see you later. Dan Gafford down 12%. He's strictly a backup to Porzingis. You're holding him for that. Yeah. Not a must roster, pretty clearly. And then Pat Beverly down 12%. Don't really get that one. If you added him, well, he's sort of doing what you wanted, isn't he? Maybe not. Maybe that's the points league people dropping Patrick Beverly. And uh, and he isn't a must roster player in points leagues. I think we need to get that point clear. We also need to get it clear that LinkedIn jobs is the place where you need to go. If you're a small business, you're looking to hire. Sometimes it's a real pain. In fact, it's one of the biggest costs the business have is hiring staff, but also Hiring the right stuff, because if you get it wrong, it costs so much money. LinkedIn Jobs is there to help you find the right people for your team faster and for free. What you do is you go and you create your job. Whatever you need for that job, put it up there on LinkedIn, and then go and add the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you are hiring. Simple tools like the screening questions, they make it easy to focus on the candidates with just the right skills and experience so that you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and to hire. Again, this is something I wish was around when I was doing hiring back when I was a pharmacist to try and sift through all the nonsense and applications that you get. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash LockedOnMBA. That's linkedin.com slash LockedOnMBA to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Okay. That's the waiver wire stuff out of the way. Let's go through to the first game. The Pacers and the Philadelphia 76ers. The Sixers finally get that win, so Doc Rivers survives just for one more game. No, he's got to be there for a while. 120-106. Tyrese Halliburton, he's basically sort of doing what we what we thought. I think he's the 13th ranked player so far this season. 19-6-10. His shooting has been amazing. 64% shooting from the field in this game. The usage at 21%, we know he wasn't going to be a super high usage guy, but he's doing what we need. And then it gets really like weird with this rotation. The, the rotation's all over the place. We had, what, a 12-man rotation that Carlisle used? 
It's going to make it tough. Like, Buddy Heald was much better. 18-6-6, but under 28 minutes. Three threes. I thought Buddy played pretty well. But Carlisle spread things out. And there was this part in this in this game where there was different lineups, getting some runs going, and he just stuck with it. And we're going to have this problem with this team, I think, all season long. Aaron Neesmith, nine points in 17 minutes. Not much going on there. He's not really a fantasy guy. And then old mate Sticks, Jalen Smith. A couple of things can be true. I don't think that Jalen Smith is going to be a particularly good NBA player. I also know that he's not very good at center and he's much better suited at power forward. And I also thought he was a very good fantasy pick this season. All those things can be true. And he started out amazingly here and he looked really good. 17 and 10 with two threes, a steal and a block, but 25 minutes. Again, I don't don't think Rick Carlisle's main focus is winning, um, but it's also just trying different things out and moving guys around and playing guys in different spots. And Smith can put up numbers, but it doesn't always mean he's playing brilliantly on the court. And it's going to be frustrating. He's got to be rostered, and he's got a chance to be like a top 80 player this season. But he also might not be. He's currently, what, 114th this season? With a couple of good games, a couple of poor ones? He's played four games. He's averaged 20 minutes, but he's starting to come on pretty nicely. And it's going to be the frustration. Ben Matherin, old Humpty Dumpty, I think he earned scoreless in the first half and then ended with 17-4-2 on 38% shooting. His usage is amazing. Now, he was a team worst minus 18. He really struggled early, but was able to rescue it through volume. And you love that he's getting volume, but only 25 minutes. The frustration is there. Chris Duarte, well, that's a, a clear drop. We don't look, And he's a guy that I drafted in round 11 in nearly every draft. Get that garbage out of here! Correction, nearly every mock draft I ended up getting him there, but I don't think I actually drafted him in any real drafts because people started pushing him too high. And that's one of the things that I, I stress when I'm doing mock drafts. If I'm grabbing this guy, you don't have to go two rounds earlier to get him before me. It doesn't serve anyone any purpose. I only get him, and I hope I made this point clear, I only would get him because he fit what I need at that point in the draft. And I don't actually think he's very good, which I was at pains to say many times about Duarte. Um, oh, I don't know what to do here with Isaiah Jackson. Foul trouble again, but five and one, no blocks, 18 minutes. This is without Miles Turner. I think I'm, well, no, I think I am holding, but man, it is really bad. The thing that, I guess the saving grace, I go, well, it can't be worse than this. And even when Turner comes back, he's probably not going to play less than what he did in this game, but it is extraordinarily frustrating. We had some inkling of being worried that, oh, why did they pursue DeAndre Ayton? Oh, last season, they continually started Goga over him. And yeah, I was hopeful that we could get like a top 100, 110 value. And then if Turner was traded, the vote numbers would jump up. At the moment, it looks like I'm wrong. But I am still holding him uh, for now. Andrew Nembhard, 22 minutes. I don't know why he's playing so much, but he's going to take over TJ McConnell, it looks like. 5, 3, and 4. McConnell played only 15 minutes. By the way, TJ McConnell owned in or rostered in 12-team leagues for... I don't know what reason. Please, no, no need to do that. Jim Harden. Wow. Now, this one is one I got right. 29-9. Well, so far. So far. 29-9-11. Five threes, two steals. Great shooting. He looks amazing. He's been fantastic this season. He is, so far, the number three fantasy player. I was picking him at number three in drafts, and I'm pretty happy with uh, how it's going for Jim. Embiid had 26-5 and five with a steal and three blocks, and the thick hogsman. Tobias Harris dropped in 18 points. Um... I think I am a TH. T to the H. Yeah, TH for life. Really, really good stuff from uh, Toby. Four triples, eight rebounds. Solid. He's been very up and down, but that is a really strong performance from Harris. Um, DeAnthony Melton, as I said earlier, one of his best, well, his best game of the year. 11 and five, but still 17 minutes. That's what I look at, 17 minutes. 
He hit 50% of his threes. He had a 20 usage. He's just not going to be good enough in those minutes. And my worries with Maxi, uh, they're, they're sort of there. Tangles had eight points in 38 minutes. What's the war cry? It's not really a war cry, but what was what I said with Maxi? What happens when the shots don't go in? Eight, two, and three on 27% shooting. Now, while his 46% three-point shooting from last year was never going to stick, him hitting 17% from two here is also going to not stick. It's going to get better than that. Like, I don't have any worry about saying that. Maxi's averaging 17 points on 43% shooting. But if you're not doing 20 points on 48 and you're not hitting three threes at 44%, you need something else to boost your value. He doesn't have it, and he never did. And that's why yeah, pushing him higher and higher and higher in drafts was, I thought, the wrong move. George Niang got hot, 13 points with three threes in 21 minutes, and then the bench is just a whole bunch of nonsense, really. There's not much truly look at there. PJ Tucker only the 20 minutes uh, in this game, but yeah, because Niang was playing pretty well, and there was some weird back and forward in terms of rotations in this game. The next one is the Raptors getting the victory over the Heat. There was no Scotland Barnes, so they did start Christian Coloco, but he really wasn't a starter. He played 18 minutes, but it was the big sneeze, Precious Achua, who played 34. Only 10 points, but 22 rebounds. And of course, in true Precious Achua manner, 42% shooting from the field and missed his only free throw. This is what this guy does. He kills you in percentages. The big rebounds are really nice. There aren't 34 minutes available for him every night. So while this is great, while Barnes is gone, you roster him. And then you move on. Like, he's not going to, I don't think, be able to maintain 12-team league value when they're trying to give Coloco and Boucher and Porter and Young and whoever else, whatever other center they can find off the bench minutes. They found another seven minutes for Ken Birch today. So he's not going to play those 33 night, and he's got a lot of deficiencies in his game. Gaz Trent, 18 points in 42 minutes. The minutes, they're insane already. Like, Nicholas Nurse, what are you doing? Can you settle down for five seconds with some of these um, minutes? Like, they're, they're insane. 42 minutes, 18 points. Pretty solid stuff from Gaz. Nothing um, nothing absolutely blowing us away, but also definitely nothing wrong with it. He's the 133rd ranked player so far this season because he's shooting so poorly, and he's only at the 1.3 steals. And again, what I said with, with Trent, if he doesn't get 1.7 and it goes back to 1.3, which is not in the scheme of volume of steals, not that big a deal. It really hurts his overall value. And then you've got to be always aware of that poor field goal percentage, which is here. Finally, we've got usage from Van Vliet. 39 minutes, 24, 4, and 9, and Siakam continues to roll. He had 23, 9, and 6, and he had a Richie Venno. Two for two, two, two. Unfortunately, he was at just 32% from the field, and he had 52 fantasy points here. Just a rollicking start from Pascal Siakam to begin this season. But I know people are going to want to know this, but the Jedi, Ojin Anobi. But what about Scarves? OG. Stop OG. Uh, you better stop OG. He's that guy that, in all those mock drafts, I said, I'm just never drafting him. Every time he comes available, I look at it and go, I don't think so. And it wasn't because I don't like OG. It just... There was just something about where he was going that didn't work for me. And he's struggling. Four shots without Barnes. Six points, seven rebounds, two steals and a block. So he did all that, but the offense just isn't there. I still think he played really well, really good defensively. He had some foul trouble, but he's a plus 16 in this game. But there's just no offense. There's no shots. And that is hampering his overall value, I think. For the Heat, there was no Caleb Martin. There was no Nikola Jovic. They were both suspended. So they did what we thought they would do and start Max Struess. And the Winter Soldier had six points on 14 shots, 21%. He has been wildly good, bad, good, bad. So does that mean it's a good one coming next? I don't know because that's not normally how it works. It just has in this case. Six points in 30 minutes. And like with these guys, if their shots don't go in, he doesn't give you anything. Like that's The six rebounds are okay, but 
we need volume and we need threes. And I, I just think when Martin plays and then when Oladipo returns, there's not going to be consistent 30-plus minutes for Struess most nights. To me, he's a streamer and that's it. Bam Bam at a bio. We're going to do a buy low and sell high show tomorrow. Bam Bam! Bam Bam! But he's going to be in the buy lows. Like, at least the usage went up. 14 and 10, a steal, two blocks, but 29% shooting. His shooting numbers are way off. They are going to get better. He's not a second-round player, but they are going to get better. Tyler Hero, 15 rebounds. What is going on? 40 minutes for Tyler Hero, 22 and 15. Now, his usage isn't gigantic. It's 27 in this one. It's about 25 and a half of the season. He's shooting pretty well, but he's just chucking random things in, like you know, 15 rebounds or 67% on twos in this game. He's been really solid. There are just things where I look at and go, well, I don't know about that sticking, but he's been great. 33rd-ranked player this season, Tyler Hero is. That's really strong. Well, Butler had 26, 8, and 4. Duncan Robinson also got in for 12 points, but yeah, we don't need to care too much about Duncan Robinson for fantasy value. Third game, uh, the Magic and the Knicks. Let's just quickly talk about Paolo Bunkero. I didn't project that Paolo Bunkero would do something that no rookie since Alvin Hayes has done, and that scored 20 points in all of his games to begin the season. 34 minutes for Paolo, 21, 4, and 2. Now, he had been averaging two blocks prior to today, which we knew was going to come down, but the impressive thing is here, he is getting to the line a ton. 11 free throw attempts. 82% on them in this one. 21, 4, and 2. Like These are huge numbers from Paolo. There's a little bit of sell high about it because not sure if he can either sustain 80 plus free throws because if it drops to 74 free throws and he's getting eight a game, well, that's going to turn from a massive positive into a massive negative. And he was like a 73 guy at Duke. So we need to watch that really carefully. It could turn into that real disaster type territory where the, the, the volume that he's getting turns into a big negative. But otherwise, he's been great. He's basically just running the offense. They just give you the ball and say, let's just do stuff. And it's working pretty well. Love what he's love what he's doing. Wendell Carter Jr., the shots went in in this one. I think he missed like had missed a three for like three straight games or hadn't hit a three in three straight games. Ended up with 17-11 with two triples. I've loved what I've seen from Wendell this season. Another strong 34 minutes. He's playing more minutes this season than what he did last season. Um, he's just really strong as a, as a, as a player. Cole Anthony, 14-4-4. Four four. He's a must-roster guy. Well, Franz Wagner, it's been a little iffy. Franz is yeah, obviously someone that we all like as a player, but we worried a little bit, ooh, where where does the upside come from with Paolo getting those shots? We think he takes the improvement because it is his second season and we'll see where, where it goes. But yeah, 14, 6, and 5. It was a rough shooting night, but only 23 usage, and Paolo has sort of capped the upside of Franz, it feels like. Jumara KK was terrible. Zero points on zero or five shooting. And I think, I think Bol Bol's going to take over. Not the world, maybe, but in terms of getting minutes from a KK or he who shall not be named, Bol had 19 points in 20 minutes with four blocks. Now, the 80% shooting is unrealistic. I'm more looking at the role. I thought he looked really good out there. If I'm in a 14-team league, I do think that Bol has has some appeal. I, I do. Like, Am I expecting him to be this good every game? No, of course not. And look, he's blocking three shots a game though in 16 minutes. Like that's that's useful. Shooting 65%, it's amazingly useful. Now, those two things are going to come back. But if there's one thing we know about Bol, he's a really good shooter. He's a good shot blocker. So they're, they're the strengths of what he brings. So he's at least a 14-team league option. Terry Ross, we talked about that before, only seven shots. Like, But the minutes were there, 33 of them. Just eight points with two triples versus the 30 points or whatever he did last game. And of course, yeah, we're dropping my bumper. One, two, three, four, five. I thought Julius Randle played really well. 
25 and 12 in 34 minutes, four assists, 53% shooting, rough from the line, but he was really good. And Brunson was strong too, 21, three and six. Also had two steals, which we don't really see from Brunson. RJ Barrett, I thought was bad, especially early, but somehow volumed his way to 20 points in 38 minutes. But this is just RJ, really? 20 and six with one assist, no steals, no blocks, at 37% from the field and 75 from the line. Continues to be an absolute anchor. And by anchor, I mean someone holding you back in category leagues. The points are there. And it was, I think in some drafts, I drafted him. And I was like, all right, well, I need some scoring. But I think I can absorb the other stuff that he does. But you've got to be really cautious of it because he kills you in so many areas. Mitchie Robinson, 30 minutes for Mitch. And Mitch Robinson says, I'll take it from here. If you, if you have Mitch Robinson, you're happy with that. You love the 14 and 6, the three blocks, the 86%. It's not great for Hartenstein, but he still had 7 and 9. Hartenstein is still close to, he's 106th ranked player this season. So I'm still holding Hartenstein, but I would have liked those minutes to squish a little bit closer together. Remember Cam Reddish's first game? This is why he wasn't an ad. Seven points in 14, while quickly went scoreless, but had six rebounds and eight assists in a really weird performance there too. But at least he got 23 minutes and Derek Rose played nine. Thibodeau is leaning into the better players on the bench. And Rose can still be good, but he doesn't need him to be good at this point, which is making some interesting um, rotation decisions appear. And that's really good for the value of the Knicks and the future of the Knicks. And that's not something that we often say about Thomas Thibodeau, that he's investing in the future, but giving some of these guys like um, like quickly some sizable roles versus the old steadies, it's, it is important. Let's go on to the next game. It is the Utah Jazz. Their undefeated season ends. They end up losing this game to the Houston Rockets, 114-108. It was a back-to-back for Utah. And surprisingly, Mike Conley played. He didn't play that well, but 27 minutes, seven points, seven assists, three steals, and two blocks. The fact that he's playing in back-to-backs is massive for his value. He's obviously a must-roster player. The other thing that when we're going to talk Conley, we've got to talk um, Colin Sexton, who is basically Conley's backup. The Jazz are viewing Conley as a point guard. So with what we need to think about here with Colin Sexton is you are holding him with the hopes that Conley is hurt or traded. That is it. I do not see a path for Conley playing 30 minutes while Mike Conley is there. The Jazz, from what I understand, do not view Colin Sexton as a two guard and they are happy with Clarkson and Beasley. Now, of course, trades can change things, but who knows when it happens, right? They view Sexton as a point guard. They might be right or wrong. I think they're wrong, but that's how they view him. And we're seeing it evidence every single game that that's how they view him. So just be aware of that. If you are holding Sexton, that is what you're waiting for, I believe. The man on the street, Jordan Clarkson. J-O-R-D-A-N-C-L-A-R-K-S-O-N. Um, all right. 17, 4, and 4 for Clarkson. 28 minutes. He continues to be really good. Putting up you know, solid numbers, and he's a must-roster player. Kelly Linick, 27 minutes, 13, 9, and 4. Absolute guaranteed must roster. Got to have him everywhere. And we got 32 Jared Vanderbilt bar minutes. He looks pretty good. 13, 11, a steal on a block. He's obviously got to be rostered. Beasley had 12 points in 20. There's no need for him to be a 12-team league guy. And interestingly, in this game, Walker Kessler, 8 minutes. Now, he had 4 fouls, but his minutes are tied to Vanderbilt a lot as well. I still think Kessler is a 12-team league guy, but that, that was a struggle. And Larry Markinen, yeah, bad. 14 and 6, no defensive stats, shot poorly, missed all three of his free throws. He's been awesome prior to this game. So I'm not going to give him too much of a hard time. He's still top 50 on the year, but this was a little bit of a comeback to earth for Marketing, who I think is still going to settle in that 70 range 
for the rest of the season. Um, yeah, I don't know what more there is on that one. Oh, interesting performance from Simone Fontecchio, 13.16 minutes. And Horton Tucker had 9, 5, and 3 with a steal and two blocks. But I think the extra minutes were afforded to those guys because it was the back-to-back. All right, let's um, go on to the Rocket side of things. There was no Bruno Fernando, who's out a while, as we said earlier. The delicate dancer, Al Prince-Shingoon, was out with an illness. Jay Sean Tate was out with an ankle injury. So they said, screw it. Let's just start small. And Jabari Smith started at center, had 21-9 with three threes and three blocks. Again, people were dropping him, which is crazy. Please make sure he wasn't dropped in your league. And if it was by you, then I'm sorry. Go and add him if you can. Oh, my cousin, Kevin Porter. I ended up with Kevin Porter on a lot of my teams. It made no sense that he was getting drafted in the 110s. 26 and 10, four assists, two steals and a block and perfect nine of nine from the line. Ah, oh, what the... F- yeah, let's go. Jalen Green, 25, three and three for the Filipino legend. Four triples, 56% shooting. Another guy that was probably a steal in a lot of drafts. These guys are these guys are putting up numbers. Eric Gordon, 31 minutes too many, but 13, two and two. He's actually somehow providing good 14-team league streaming value. And with Shingun out, with Fernando out, with Tate out, we still only got 19 minutes from Tari preseason. 11 and nine with three steals. He shot 33%. If you can't get minutes when all those guys are out, it's not going to happen for a while. That That's how I'm viewing Eason. Now, now that's, those numbers are fine. 11 and nine with three steals is solid enough. But do you actually, it's going to really depend on the rest of your team, but can you hold this? Because I, I, I think that he's not going to play when um when Tate is back. I don't think he's going to be in the rotation. Because they started KJ Martin here and played 34 minutes. Now, he had a triple one with three, four, and three on 11% shooting. But he's clearly preferenced Gordon Martin are both clearly preference over Eason, and I'm pretty sure Tate will be as well. We can argue with it as much as we want, much like we can argue why he's starting Ujman Garuba over Alperin Shingun, and then when Shingun's out playing Garuba 11 minutes, we can argue with the logic behind all of that. It doesn't matter what logic is, it's what he's doing. So Garuba had two and four in 11 minutes. I don't think there's any point in having Garuba long-term if it's going to be this up and down, considering you know, Shingun and Tate and that are going to come back pretty soon, we hope. And you yeah, cut into those minutes. We've got 22 Dacian Knicks minutes. Yeah, but that's nothing that needs to be talked about too much. Next game, Spurs. The Giant Killers. These guys. 115. They beat the Wolves 106. Devin Vassell. Literally people panicked after game one. 23, 9, and 7, 5 triples and a steal. Ah, yeah, let's go. Remember when he was ranked 260th? <sighs> All right, big numbers. Someone on the pregame show today asked me, hey, should I sit Jakob Pertl because he's playing against a tough matchup? In fantasy basketball, it just doesn't behoove you to do that. Like, just don't sit guys because of matchups. 14 and 14, four assists in 31 minutes. Trey Jones, eight points only on 30%, but seven rebounds, eight assists, three steals. After game one, we were a little bit worried about where Jones sat, but he's solidified and he's a must-roster player. Sohan did well to score 14 points. On nine shots, I wouldn't say that he's a must-roster 12-team league player, while Keldon Johnson, yeah, that is, uh, that's pretty rough from Keldon. Whose horse is that? 18 points is good, but 40% shooting on big volume and then 25 from the line is terrible. 18, three, and four, you ain't, you're not distraught about it, but it's not great. Um, Primo, 10, three, and two. Primo is just a hold in case you think that he's going to take over for Jones, but he's more of a 14-team league guy. While Zach Collins had 11, four, and five, putting up numbers, but he's the backup center. I wouldn't be prioritizing him as a 12-teamer. D'Angelo Russell rolling. 25, 5, and 7. Two steals, a block. Towns, great. Awesome. Love it. 27, 11, and 5, but still no blocks. 
We know he's good. He's going to be, I think, a second-round player this season, just not going to be the top five, top six threat that he's been in the past. And Rudy Gobert, not his best. 11-7, and seven, but he had the three blocks. He was 100% from the field. It wasn't a good one from Goose, though. Anthony Edwards. Goose went crazy last game and then had nine points on 20% shooting with 10 rebounds and no defensive stats. Now, I told you a lot that I thought people were getting way ahead of themselves picking him at pick 15 or even in the top 20 when, to me, he was a guy to pick in the 30s. And I would say so far, like, that's you know, been proven true. Well, yeah, he's 127th this season, so obviously. He's going to be better than this. He's going to be a better shooter, and he can't hit free throws. I mean, that was one of the issues. Like, we thought, hey, he's not like an elite free throw guy. It's like a mid-70s to high 70s. Now, he's currently at 53% from the line this season. He's had one steal in four games. So it is going to improve, but but it's not good now. Jaden McDaniels. I wish I had the sound drop. You know, we they are who we thought they were. Four and three, no defensive stats in 24 minutes. We'll always remember that first game. Go, man, look at this. It's, it's happening. But he's just going to end up being the 150th best player who you hold on to because you love upside and, yeah, where do we go from here? His brother's actually ranked higher than him so far this season. Amazing. I don't know how that's possible. But McDaniels, Jaden, is averaging 11 and 3, and that's still with the basis of 1.8 steals. Although I don't think that number is um, updated for today yet. So, yeah, look, I'd hold Jaden, but we need to recalibrate. Hey, my man Jalen Noel, 13 and 9, 26 minutes. Yeah, let's go. Really nice 14-team league player, I think, at the moment. Old, uh, old Jalen is. Next game. It is the old... Um, the Bulls, they got the... This is a weird one. They were down, big comeback, and then blew out the Celtics. 120-102. Joe Mazzulla. Sneaky Joe Mazzulla got ejected. Grant Williams got ejected. And remember how we said Grant Williams had had two games where he had perfect shooting? Well, he decided to go scoreless on zero of three shooting. What he was doing was nice, but it had absolutely no basis in reality. He's not that player. He's like the 150th, 160th best player who hadn't played 30 minutes except for when Horford was out. He's totally fine as a streamer, but to anchor yourself with him as a must roster 12, I don't think is right. And that shooting just was never going to stick. It's the fallacy of chasing the big numbers. Well, look how well he's shooting. Yeah, but he won't. Like, it's just not real. It can't happen. And every performance, you've got to view through that lens, I think. Tatum's been awesome to start this year. I think he's the second-ranked player for the year. 26-8, and eight, five assists, four triples. Didn't shoot great, but who cares? Well, Jalen Brown had 21-6 and six with two blocks on some rough shooting. And Brogdon, only 22 minutes. Now, 12-6 and six is good volume. 39% is rough. He is... We thought we, he might go back to a Milwaukee Bucks, Malcolm Brogdon stat profile, but instead he's doing an Indiana Pacers stat profile, but in fewer minutes. And that doesn't always lead to good things. Brogdon is absolutely on the cut list. I wouldn't say he has to be dropped, but he's on the cut list. Well, Maximum Derek White, only 26 minutes for the big fella. Maximum Derek. 5-1-4. and four. Great game last time, but you know that was, again, what, as I posited at the time, did he play 30-plus minutes because Al Horford was out? Maybe that was the case. As for Horford, someone who's really struggled to start this season, well, you know, he had zero turnovers, so I guess you love that. 8-5-2 and two with two threes. Still not great. At least he blocked a shot. I'm holding him, but our reality of him is not a top 40 player or a top 50 player or anything like that. He's just not not that guy. He's a later round sort of a player. 
Um, for the Bulls, Ayodesumu, just after I said I don't think he's very good and you can drop him, he goes out and has 22 points. But again, let me explain to you why. This was great. There's, there's no doubting this is great. He had 15 usage, right? That's where I go, okay, red flag. He shot 90%. There is no chance, none whatsoever. If he goes at 40% or even 50%, that's eight fewer points. So it makes him 14, 6, and 2. But not even that. He shot four from four on threes. What if he goes one of four from threes? That's nine fewer points straight away. That takes him to 13. 13, 6, and 2. Like, it's... This was a great game. But as a starting point guard, having that usage with two assists only, it's not going to work out majority of the time. And that's why we can look at that. And I look at it and go... Fucking hell, I just told people, man, drop to Sumu, and he goes and drops 22 points. And he can't, single game variance is really hard to account for. Now, I can't go out there and go, you know, I don't drop to Sumu today. I feel a 90% game coming on. Because I know that next game, he'll probably maintain 13, 14 usage, and he might be a 50% shooter, and he has 12 points. Or he has a 40% night, and he has 8 points. And you go, yeah, that was actually the right decision. So while, yeah, when I always say something, that eats me up. I go, man, what stupid, why would you say that? Look, now people are going to come at you, and it looks dumb. Right, but I've got to stick with my process for how I view these things. And while a big game is going to happen, it's not real that it keeps happening. Demar Derozan, twenty-five, five and five, really good from him. Well, it was another big one. Well, actually, let's try that again. It was a big one from Nikola Vucevic. It's Vucevic. It's big Um, only eighteen points because he cannot shoot anymore. Thirty-seven percent. His field goal percentage is terrible. And but people look at this and go, wow, we love it. 23 boards. And that is a great number. But the fact that he just can't get any efficiency going, and his efficiency was well down last season, I just wonder if age 31, wherever he is, if that just that little half step or half bit of athleticism that he's lost means that that efficiency won't pop back up. Still, That's still really good, obviously. But it might not, might not pop up. Um, Really losing my voice here, or losing my breath. Zach Levine. 19, 2 and 2, 3 threes. Inefficient, but volume was solid. While the Rabbit Hunter had 7, 3 and 4 in 18 minutes. But 18 minutes for Alex Caruso is not enough. See you later. Do not hold him. Patrick Williams is bad. I'm sorry, he just is. Like three years in, he's bad. He gets killed when they're out there. He had four points in 15 minutes. He's going to lose his rotation spot, I reckon. He's bad. You do not need to be rostering him in any 12 team league or probably 14 team league. Both Derek Jones and Devontae, uh, sorry, not Devontae, Javonte Green are better than him at this point. It doesn't mean that he won't get there at some point, but he's not there. Dragic played 17 minutes. Kobe White played nine. Too many guards. So if Desumo didn't shoot 90%, he might have played 29 minutes. It's another factor there. Or am I just coping? Maybe. Um, let's go on to game seven of the day. The Memphis Grizzlies 134 beat the Nets 124. Kyrie and KD were great. 37 points apiece. Big numbers. Kyrie actually had a, uh, a Richie Benno as well. Two for two, two, two. Second Richie of the day. Well, Durant had 37, five and four. And Claxo, 33 minutes. I didn't think he'd play 33 or 39. He's killing it. 16 and seven with two blocks. Royce O'Neal, 36 minutes. Eight points, but two threes, one steal, two blocks. He's doing what people hoped Herb Jones would do. I've seen Royce O'Neal for a long time be okay and then be bad and then be good and then be okay. I'm not fully convinced he's a must-roster guy, but grab him. Like, the numbers are there at the moment. When Seth Curry comes back, likely next game, or sorry, in two games' time, we'll see how it all squishes in. 
But yeah, that's fine. Absolutely no need to have Joe Harris though. Eight points in 24 minutes. While Benny Simmons, oh man. <sighs> Seven points in 28. Fouled out again. He did have eight assists though. It's a it's a buy low, but it's the lowest of lows. Like, don't throw anything. Like, this is really disappointing. Dayron Sharp also only 15 minutes, which is annoying to me. Five points in 15. I would have hoped for a little bit more. Well, for the Grizzlies, Ja Morant, 38, 8, and 7. Two steals, four threes. Elite free throws, elite field goals. Amazing. 53 fantasy points. Love this performance from him. Let's hope that it can continue. Well, Des Bain, it was rough, and now it's great. 38 points, eight triple, seven assists. Finally got everything going. And what's important is he had 30 usage. Morant had 35 usage. And the shittest player in the NBA, not really, but Dylan Brooks came back. Still had his 26 usage, but he, the ball was in the better player's hands because Dylan Brooks came back and shot two of 13. It's like he never left. 4-0-1 for Brooksy. Now, I, I could say that he'll be better than this, but I'm not overly confident. He will be better than 15% shooting, but at least Bain got the shots. But the problem again here is like Santi Aldama had 17-4 and four on 11 usage because Dylan Brooks was out there jacking like his life depended on. I know he can be a pesky defender, but he's just the worst player in the NBA to watch. I can't stand it. Um, Brandon Clark, 13 points is good, but 17 minutes, it's not enough. Not not worth holding, I don't think. 9 and 13 for Adams. Aldama had the 17 and 4, which I mentioned. Still got 24 Tyus Jones minutes, despite the return of Brooks, and 26 John Conchar minutes, which is interesting. They're not going to be 12-team league guys anymore, Tyus or Johnny, so you can move on. But that minutes distribution was really interesting. Okay, part of it is because Brooks was terrible. And with Brooks coming back, they took Xavier Tillman out of the rotation. All right, let's go to the last game of the night. Your Portland Trailblazers. Undefeated. 135-110 over the Nuggets. I thought the Blazers looked terrible in the preseason. And now they're just dominating. It's They've been great. I, yeah, I admit, I was wrong on them. They look awesome. Um... Big Chungus doesn't look the best. 27 minutes for Jokic, 9, 9, and 9 with no supporting stats. He was a clear number one pick. He should have been a number one pick. But as I said, millions and millions of times, probably not millions, but a few times, look, don't be shocked when he's not number one. That he, he might be. He might not be. But don't be shocked if he's not. It's not a guarantee that this stuff happens. Aaron Gordon, another big night. 26 points, 6 rebounds. He did it with 30 usage on 75% shooting. So the shooting's going to come down, but that's a couple of big offensive games that Gordo's had. Now, I'm not ready to fully buy into it, but two games, eh, it's worth looking at. Maga Porter had 18 points. Um, KCP, shooting guards, they're annoying. They do this. We've seen it with Ross and KCP and Beasley and Struess and who else? Everyone else. They're up and down. Six points for KCP on six shots. He did have five assists. But these guys aren't must-roster players. They're guys that you stream in and you hope something good comes of it. The Shark had 6-5-4 and four with a steal and a block. Bruce Brown. Baby shark, do, 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 do. While it was really rough for the headmaster. 27 minutes for Jamal Murray. 8-2-1. I think this is a massive buy low. He missed both his free throws. He was 25% from the field. He only one assist. He's going to get better. Throw a real low one out there. You, you got to. Like, if you've got him, you have to hold. If you don't have him, you try it. And the big stiffy. 18 minutes for Bones. Now, the 15 points looks good. So don't, you might look at that and go, oh, okay. Bones is getting it going. 18 minutes. 18 minutes. He's the fourth guard. I don't want an 18-minute fourth guard on my fantasy roster. I know that Bones is good. I really like Bones. He can feel it at times. But he felt it here. He felt it to the tune of 18 minutes. 15, 1, and 3. It's not enough. Once every four games. 
The opportunity is not there for Bones. So I think you have to move on. Do I jack him? I probably do. Get that garbage out of here! We were a bit worried about Anthony Simons last game. Okay, cool. I think he had 22 points in the third quarter. He only finished with 29, so is it a little bit of a mirage? Maybe, but he was red hot in that third quarter. 22 points, 7 triples, 5 assists, a steal and a block. It could be a sell high. You probably won't get it. 65% shooting, but again, it did come on red hot jump shooting. No free throws, only 3 rebounds, and really just an insane period of action in the third quarter. Lillard was great again. What a steal he's going to be. 31, 6, and 8. He was a second-round ADP guy. Amazing. Four triples, a steal, 63% shooting, while Jeremy Grant... Jeremy Grant's not getting rebounds because Josh Hart gets them all. 21, 2, and 1 for Grant. At least he had a block. The scoring's nice, but those rebounds are rough. While, what's going on with Nurkic? 35 minutes, 13, 12, and 6. Oh, yeah. Let's go, Nurk. Um, speaking of the hitman, 35 minutes for Joshy Hart, only six points, but he still grabbed 11 boards. He wasn't at his best and he still produced really good value. He's a super, super player and those minutes are insane and it's really helping his production. There was no Justice Winslow in this game, so he got extra minutes for Nasir Little who had 11 points. A nice little showing for Nasir, but he's not really making much of a noise in fantasy and I don't think we need to worry about Shaden Sharp this season. 11 points for him in his 16 minutes of playing time. Let's go to the lines of the night. The monstrous line of the night goes to James Harden. That's a few of those that he's had. The um, young, oh no, sorry, the waiver wire line of the night goes to Bol Bol, who is producing the top 100 level. I don't think he's a 12-team must-add, but I wouldn't blame you if he did it. I think he's more of a 14-team league guy. Young gun of the night is Jabari Smith Jr. Hopefully you didn't drop him. And then the dud of the night, of course, it's old mate. It's Dylan Brooksy Brooks. Top 10 players today. Number one is Harden, followed by Morant. Irving, Bain, Lillard, Red, Simons, D'Angelo Russell, Joel Embiid, Jabari Smith, and cousin Kevin Porter Jr. Your top 10 players rostered in under 50% of leagues. It's Bol, again. Well, I just said what to do with him. Talon Horton Tucker, not interested. Alex Caruso's a streamer. George Niang, no way. D'Anthony Melton's a 14-team league guy. Javante Green, maybe moving into 14 teams. We'll see. Malik Beasley's a 14-teamer. Um, Jeremy Sohan is a stash sort of guy. Zohan, now! Uh, but not really 12-team. Bruce Brown's a 14-team guy. And Zach Collins is like a 14-team league player as well. On to your top 10 in points leagues. We've got Irving, Morant, Harden, Bain, Lillard, Vucevic, Siakam, Kevin Porter, Kevin Durant, and D'Angelo Russell. And that will do it for me and Obi today. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on Odyssey. If you're here on YouTube, you thumb it up and you leave those comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.